You're listening to Miss Erica Amanda Polk, and this is a left-handed podcast. Good sis! Are you for me or are you against me? You're canceled. <laughs> Whack. Facts. On today's episode of the Left-Handed Podcast, um, again, I'm your host, Erica, and I'll be talking to my good sis, Sam. Hello. Hi. Um, Sam, how did we meet? We, you know, I don't, I don't know if I recall, like, a particular time where Mm -hmm. we, like, met, but I feel like Cam always taught, we met through Cameron Hubbard. Yeah. um, Who used to be one of my students at Texas State when I worked at the rec. Mm Mm-hmm. And he always just had a like, super cool vibe. And I was like, you know what? We need to stay friends. Cool guy. Um, yeah. Cool guy. Super cool guy. And, um, yeah. And so I don't remember, like, a particular time period or an event or a place where we met. But mm-hmm. I just always remember, like, Cam would talk about you. And then there was somewhere where I saw you. I was like, oh, yeah, Erica. And so I was just like, oh, I already know her. That's hilarious. Yeah. We met. <laughs> <laughs> I remember very vividly where we met. But yeah, he always talked he always talked about you too. And I thought you were my age at first. And then when I met you in real life, he told me like specifically where he knew you from. But mm-hmm. we met at like a pool hall in Houston. You were in town because your oh, friend that's right. who plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> But we okay. took a lot of we took we were drinking that day. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've met you way before that though. Really? Was that just that was just in January. Really? Yeah. Because it was a, my homegirl, Morgan, from high school. I have my two best friends from high school, Morgan and Pierre. And they fell in love in high school and ended up having their first child when we were around 15 or 16. And mm-hmm. I just played third wheel to their love story. Gotcha. And so fast forward to today, they're married. They've got three children. Mm-hmm. He's in the NFL for the Colts. And the Colts' first oh, yeah, first oh, or yeah, second yeah. round playoff game was against Houston. Yes. And so that's why I came. That that's, was a fun night. That was a good night. That was, that was a, a really night. good night. We played pool. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, we were, we played pool. We went to Brenda's little Mexican spot. That was a good night. It was. Who ended up winning the Colts, right? Yeah, they did. Oh my gosh! Y'all were talking so much stuff that night. Oh my! Oh yeah. That's I, hilarious. Listen, I can't. I can't account for Morgan's little brother. That was hilarious. Yeah. He was so passionate. He I was. Love it he was. He was riding for his family though. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that that was. I can't believe that was only like six months ago. I know, it feels like forever. Yeah. But yeah, on today's episode, we'll be talking about... Mixed culture. Mixed culture. And what, what are, that means. So what are your nouns? You know how, like, <laughs> people are like, what are your pronouns? So, like, what would you what would you rather it be called? Mixed, biracial? Uh, you know, it just as long as it's not mulatto. I don't know. There's something okay, about yeah, that that, that does has, not, like, yeah. sit well in... Like, That's a slur, bent. though. It is, but it leaves it when you're referring when you are referring to a person as that. It yeah, leaves a bad sounds taste like in my mouth. It just sounds doesn't. Like my, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. No, there's a rapper called Mulatto something. And I'm just like, why would you name yourself that? I don't know. Me personally, I've just never. It never grew on me. Mixed, really? biracial. I say mixed, but I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. Like mixed. The more I become culturally aware, and the more I get into history, I'm just like, is mixed even the right word? But then biracial sounds very proper. Mm-hmm. And my my friend is like, you sound like a serial killer <laughs> when you say biracial. <laughs> but I'm just like, so mixed is fine. Mixed biracial. Either one. Either one. I take no offense to either one. But of course, right. that's just my perspective. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I uh, have a white mother, mm-hmm. and a bi- um, biological father is black. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Jeff City, Missouri. Ain't nothing special Far. there. Yeah. Um, but um, very early on in life, um, my mom divorced my dad and kind of had to do it like dramatically mm-hmm. um wasn't a good situation and uh he just he wasn't a good person and yeah. so I don't have any relationship to him mm-hmm. even today even today I met him once when I was 24 it just kind of happened I have um I keep in touch with my siblings mm-hmm. it's it's are they mixed race as well a couple of them are there are um, a lot of them. five of us all together mm-hmm. so he had five children with four different women okay my oldest two siblings are black and then the youngest three are all mixed. Got you. Um, and I'm the youngest of his children. Mm. And so my dad was significantly older than my mom. Got um, you. I want to say like 18 or 20 years. Nice. So, so they're still. all they're all very, very far from you. Yeah, everybody. Do you my, keep in touch with them like through Facebook or something? Yeah, 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 nice. yeah, yeah. More so Instagram. Power of so. the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice that you're so close to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, our topics for today will be... Sam's unique upbringing, a little bit more of that, and you'll see why I said unique upbringing other than the fact that she's already mixed race. Um, We'll also talk about black pride from a mixed person's standpoint. We already established what she would rather be called and not called. Um, The culture of mixed culture, is it a culture? If so, what is it? And then privileges that um, mixed people experience or Sam particularly experiences. So with your unique upbringing, tell the people why you have a unique upbringing. <laughs> so my upbringing is unique because I am I have a whole white family. Everybody. Mom, dad, sister. <laughs> I am the literal black sheep of my family. Literal. Um, so long story short, uh, my mom divorced my biological father when I was very little. Mm-hmm. And so there were some years where it was just me and her. Yeah. And then... Um, she met my dad, who I refer to as dad, mm-hmm. um, when I was about four, three or four years old. Yeah, it's the only one you remember. It's the only one I know. Mm-hmm. He's the only dad I know. And um, they married when I was nine, and he adopted me. And then um, they had my sister, Jordan, who is going to be 17 in August when mm-hmm. I was 12. And so me and my half-sister, Jordan, uh, grew up together. Got and it. So, but we're also very far apart in age. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Really? Well... Aside from my dad, he's like gray hair now and yeah. green eyes, but yeah. you get the point. Um, total, total oddball out of my family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, did they make you feel that way or you just, you can just tell that you're different? I was, it was always different. It was yeah. always different. Um, my um, mom took me to a black hair salon, you know, as growing up, either to get my braids done or to have my hair relaxed because. She didn't know what she was doing with my hair. Got it. And um, I've been very fortunate enough that I've never experienced blatant racism to my face, mm-hmm. um, but racial ignorance all day long. Yeah. All day long. Perfect strangers. I just remember so vividly would ask, like, oh, is she adopted? Yeah. And um, Seeing you out with your white family? Seeing or, me out okay. with my white family and not... And it would be like perfect strangers. It's like, yeah, not, that's not an appropriate question. You ask people you don't know, mm-hmm. even if you do don't know them. And my stepfather who says, this is my daughter, Sam, mm-hmm. then that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. He, that's my dad. As mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. I mean, he 
there's video footage of him filming me on my first day of kindergarten and getting on the bus. Yeah. And he taught me how to ride a bike and he bought me my first car and stroked the checks on my college tuition. That is my father as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and so for people to just assume that, oh, well, she doesn't fit, so she has to be adopted. Mm-hmm. Now, to a certain extent, yes, because when I was a minor, my stepfather retained, you know, obtained custody of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom is still my mom. Yeah. She birthed me. Yeah. You know, that is, as far as I'm concerned, that's my family. Mm-hmm. And for you to question that, um, and it never made me angry as a kid. I never understood why. I was just like, oh, yeah, I just look, you know, I just look different. Mm-hmm. But now, as an adult, it irritates me because. I can see it being irritating. Why would you assume less if I introduce these people as my mother and father? Mm-hmm. So People are just, people are very curious. I'm, I'm very curious. I wouldn't even call it nosy, but I've had to catch myself from asking, like, what are you or where are you from to people? Mm-hmm. And I've learned just taking communication classes that we prejudge people or we judge people in general just so that we can prepare ourselves. Sure. So I don't know if it's me asking someone when I've done it before. I mean, I've stopped, but when I've done it before, I don't know if it's me asking someone like, where are you from or what are you to mm-hmm. maybe not deal with them a certain way. Sure. Or, but like, I know if I were to ever ask it to someone that I know that I know emphasis on me having a relationship with them already Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know that if i were to ask them today it would probably be in a way to relate to them Mm -hmm. like if i if i saw that you had if i saw that you were really tan (laughs) you have curly (laughs) hair and then i asked where you're from and then i realized oh you're like black and pakistani or something i'd be like oh my god like i love biryani like do you have any recommendations yeah of like restaurants i can go to but i could see how that can be irritating getting that question all all your life all the time so i try to yeah i personally try to not be that person but that must or even people not even you know um automatically assuming well that i'm adopted Mm -hmm. or anything like that or people just assuming that um they're not my parents or something like that so one of my best friends in high school was white and she Mm -hmm. looked more like my family than i did and there was one time like we were all out to dinner or something like that and so when it was some perfect stranger assumed that my friend was their daughter and not me and so it was like kind of i don't know not, not embarrassing but it's just like it was very obvious from a young age that i i was a square peg in the round hole of this family got it and so i struggled with identity and mm-hmm. still do to this day um not as bad as developmental years of childhood and teenage and mm-hmm. you know teenage years and things like that but um there are still days where i'm just like who am i yeah you know what do i want out of life what do i want to accomplish and you know how did i get here mm-hmm. so you don't like questions about where you're from at all no, 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 not not necessarily. It depends on how you approach, I guess. Got it. If someone asks me, gotta be tactful. Exactly. I th- it's like what you had said. It comes down to communication. It's, yeah. If someone says like, "What are you?" Okay. Well, I'm gonna be like, "Well, I'm." <laughs> what are you? I'm a person. What are you? Human. All right. Thank you. I get that. And then, or if it's like, "Hey, just out of curiosity, what what is your heritage?" Yeah. You know, things like that. I think there are more appropriate ways to There's ask ways. someone. You know, if someone, especially if someone looks, you know racially ambiguous yeah you know there and with 
everybody entering into mixed relationships nowadays, mm-hmm. there are more and more mixed people in our society, Lots. more so than ever beforehand. True. And so there are going to be questions of someone's heritage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay to ask, but it's in in an appropriate context and an appropriate manner. Yeah, I think the situation and the the um, place, location that you ask it sure is also yeah maybe not at work maybe and maybe not like someone yeah. like handshake oh hi i'm sam what are you yeah maybe, maybe it's like built in with some time and little, develop yeah, at least some sort of friendship at least acquaintance something colleague <laughs> so since you did have a very interesting upbringing um i can assume that you were a little late to the black pride party how does that go how how was your experience with that Oh, 100%. Super late into my culture. <laughs> I arrived So I late. assume there was no Juneteenth in your house? No, ma'am. Um, BET Awards? I did watch the BET Awards. Was it a solo I, it, thing? It was a solo thing. I would have to, because my mom didn't want me watching BET or MTV yeah. or VH1. None of that I was yeah. not allowed, so it always had to be like... <laughs> Which was at home. Yeah, okay. I did not watch the music videos. Got and, you. Oh gosh. Um, man, what about the cooking? Like, what about the cooking? You know, like when you went, um, to, <laughs> did you ever go to cooking your cooking in general? I would say, regardless of my heritage or upbringing, was terrible across the board. Oh no. <laughs> Because my family <laughs> was terrible. just, we were always so on the go. Yeah. So, like, actual cooking never took place. It was always, like, easy oven food, like, chicken and fries frozen from the grocery store. Uh-huh. Or bagel. Bag, girl, I lived off of bagel bites. Lived off of bagel I bites. I don't know what that is. They're little mini bagel pizzas on bagels. They're, like, three ninety nine Oh, my God. Oh my God. For a pack of nine of them. Oh They're God. super cheap. <laughs> And I loved them. <laughs> Girl, I would kill at least two of those packs. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. So, so cooking in general cooking. just wasn't, it was just not a thing in, in my you. upbringing. And where did you go to school? I went to, um, oh my gosh, Francis Hall Central High School. It's in St. Charles, Missouri. Just College. West, oh, Northwest Missouri State. It is um, Northwest is that like of Kansas City? What's what are the demographics of that? School? Small division two school, primarily white. Oh, uh, so you still school. like? So when did you come into your blackness? Or I would say that happened really in middle school is when I started identifying with black culture. Mm-hmm. And I hate to chop this up to men, um, but it really came down to um, well, you know, when you develop as a child, you start mm-hmm. noticing you start noticing things about your own body and you start developing who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I was attracted to boys. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was obvious and apparent to me was that the only boys that were attracted to me were black boys. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm half black. That makes sense. And mm-hmm. so I never got hit on by white guy, even to this day, mm-hmm. white men don't hit on me. Mm-hmm. I've had, I think out of all of the men I've dated, mm-hmm. um, I've, given two white men a chance and i hate to say <laughs> not, that a a chance. A chance. not a chance a chance they were both redheads was it they were oh, both that's redheads so funny. i know um redhead men are really nice i could have had me a little blake griffin by now <laughs> <laughs> redhead men are very nice they're super nice here's the thing they're, they're so super sweet. nice but mean redhead you know what frustrated the hell out of me though was that afterwards when things like didn't work out or 
you know, we, people went their separate ways or whatever, I would relap and be like, you know, why were you interested in me in the first place? And a lot of them were just like, I was just, I'm curious to see what it was be, what it would be like to be with a black woman. Mm-hmm. And that was incredibly discouraging. And so I'm very so? skeptical of dating white men in general. I don't want to be, I, I want to be an equal opportunist. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> what I really need is a- as someone that's an equal opportunist. I can't say that I think any differently than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, love is love. Sure. Just love is love. I'm a product of... I'm a product of right, love. And I right. grew up... I grew up with a loving household, two parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but my attraction to, like, all men and not a specific group just comes from... I mean, I kind of already know what to expect with black men, but, like, other men of different races, like... The get go or the push for me isn't like oh I want to see how that's gonna go like mm-hmm. but it is like once it gets going mm-hmm. it's like whoa this is different and this is what I'm used to this is what's happening right this is, you know so it is like a different experience but for them to sum it up as I want to see what it is to it's curious be like, yeah it's, it's curious it's, it's a fetish almost, yeah it comes off fetish and that's like incredibly uncomfortable and so it, it's it is really you feel like of, a toy exactly and I just have that was I dated one one white guy in college and one was in grad school and I've ever since then I've kind of deterred not deterred I mean, but I, feel that. I just don't were they boring or something like I know it didn't break off because they said that you said you realized no after, one but. guy was like going into the army and so he was going to go to boot camp and I was Got like it. I don't feel like really giving this like a serious long term chance well it turns out he didn't want a serious long chance long term thing with me Got anyways it. Got it. and then the other guy I was moving to Texas and so I was like yeah I'm not doing this with you either period done i got it so Mm -hmm. with that being said let's like skip the order that we're going in as far as topics go and get to like the privilege part of being like a mixed race person because you Mm -hmm. said that black men were interested in you Mm -hmm. my perspective of it is black men seem to be or black men have a habit of being interested in like lighter black women, mixed race black women, mm-hmm. or just altogether non-black women, like as you know, as history sure. shows. So how do you feel about like that? Well, I, as far as interrelation, mm-hmm. like relationships of different races go, whether it is black and white, black and Hispanic, mm-hmm. white and Asian, whatever you know, whatever the mix is, like I can't say that I discourage that. I really, one, I'm a product of it. Yes. So to say that I hate interracial relationships would be to say I hate myself. Yes. And and then secondly, I think as people are entering into interracial mm-hmm. relationships, um, you're learning, you're yeah. growing, you're developing, you are yeah. getting out of what is, could be, comfort or what zone. could be your comfort zone, right? And that's the only way I feel like this country is really going to have a better understanding and a, mm-hmm. not just a tolerance, but a true acceptance of people mm-hmm. outside of their own culture is when you start to see a melting pot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can a biracial person say like, you know what, I really just don't like black culture or how can, you know, either, either, either way or how can an Asian person say that they don't connect with their Asian culture. I mean, mm-hmm. I get, I, there are people out there who don't con, who generally don't connect, but to true hate, mm-hmm. I feel like in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's hard for a biracial person to say. Got it. So not, do you hate it, but did you ever attribute them liking you to like that? Um, did you ever notice? I, I would say, that? I mean, yes, I would say what it goes back to like, right. I mean, it, it all stems back from 
deep rooted colorism. Very true. It, very it true. It really does. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to know if you like ever noticed that or how that how that went how that works. I mean, I would say yes, but I would say that that it, that that issue goes so far past just true. dating and it and has nothing to do middle with school interests. Really, yeah, yeah, and it's not even just. Uh, it, it's not even just colorism in the dating world. It's in the workplace. Very it's true. In Very job. true. It's in promotional opportunities. It's in Hollywood. Very true. Very true. In a big, big way. Now, do I think that there is more an awareness and that things are changing? Sure. But mm-hmm. it's a very slow change. It's that is going to take a long time for people to realize their microaggressions. Oh, God. And their little... I just can't. Them asking you to tap dance and stuff without really knowing that they're asking you to do that. Oh, you know what? I have such a vivid... <laughs> I have such a vivid memory. This one time I went to a gas station. I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was getting on the road back to St. Louis. And uh, I walked in and... Uh, I bought a bag of ch- like Chester's hot fries. Yeah. And this one old, I'm the only person in this gas station. This one woman says, I just don't know how you guys eat these. These are just so hot. Love it. They love it. They love it. They love it. Who's you guys? They love it. Because, ma'am, we're the only ones in this store. They love it. I'm confused. <laughs> they, love it. they love it. I mean, I hear things like that. I work in Austin at oh, yeah. a little vegan spot for um, just as right. a little undergrad, undergrad job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... I hear things like that a lot. We have a um, little homemade hot sauce or habanero mm-hmm. carrot sauce that mm-hmm. is not hot at all. It has, to me, one-eighth of a habanero in the entire bottle. Like, it's not spicy at all. Right. But, like, our demographics are white customers. Right. And they come in and they're like, oh, my God. Like, Can't handle My it. mouth is burning. And then I get comments like, mm-hmm. how do you do this? Or, like... Or I'll put it on the table, introduce what it is, and I'm like, right. you know I can't. You know I can't handle this or something. I'm just like, people are a mess. Right. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. I recently had my hair braided. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised because I do work in a primarily white office. Nobody tried to touch my hair. Touch it? I was very surprised by that. I was anticipating having to open up that conversation to people. Yeah, same. I did, yeah. Um, not that that should be my responsibility, but at a certain point, I do want to tell people don't touch my hair and here's why I feel that I feel that I was very surprised nobody attempted to touch my hair I did have one lady ask me if it was all of my hair and she even said like I don't want to be offensive yeah but when you get your is it all of your hair and I I was like no here's the the girl I was running around all town trying to find this specific hair because I really wanted to get my hair twisted and and just went into a whole story that she had no understanding of yeah but now maybe she would have a little bit more true I try to be yeah I try Mm -hmm. to be understanding to people that come at me in a tactful manner she, as yeah. well because uh i was i just got my braids out and mm-hmm. working a guy was like so how do you how do you get it like that like how there's a really pretty how long did they take and i'm mm-hmm. just like you know what he came with me correct right. so you know right. then i did have people touching my hair like in my specific congregation <laughs> in um san marcus mm-hmm. i'm like the only black person out of like 150 people mm-hmm. and so i got like you know touching from behind and like oh my god like compliments but yeah. like the curiosity they like came up and like some of them like touched my hair and they were just like you know like how like i wish i can get my hair like this why can't Money i do that at, do you have the uncomfortable and conversation I like bruh i sometimes i have it they're older though okay. some of them are older and yeah. i'll have it but the younger ones like near my age they mm-hmm. don't touch it they ask yeah. from afar mm-hmm. out of curiosity i'm just like you know what i'll take it sure so sure. I don't believe that we should always be in the job of educating people. No, because there's a podcast that I listen to and it's called Dark Tank and they're supposed to come up with reasons. They're, they invite white people on their podcast and they have them 
come up with like their incentive is to come up with like three things that'll help solve racism Mm -hmm. so you know it can be it's it's a never-ending podcast when you have a topic or when you have that as the incentive um but it's like a it's a cute little whimsical very educational podcast and one of the people was like one of the guests was like oh I feel like black people should educate white people on what's culturally appropriate, et cetera, et cetera. And then one of the the hosts of it was like, nah, I don't feel like being a teacher. And I'm just like, I totally feel that. Yeah. I don't want to be a teacher. And so sometimes when I think of like interracial dating or like what what I've experienced, I'm just like, dang. Part of it is me teaching. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, it is. I mean, it's true. Part of it is teaching. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, I also, you know, obviously, I think part of the big thing is not wanting to educate people is like, I'm not the voice of all black people. Yeah. And just like, you know, this random person over here is not the voice for me. And everybody's Mm -hmm. got different difference of opinion. So me and my homegirl are both biracial. Yeah. Very different textures of hair. Mm -hmm. And well, not that that matters, but for her, when someone touches her hair, it Mm -hmm. doesn't bother her. Yeah. And it's just it's like an intimate moment for her. And for me, it's like. I don't see it that way. But we both are biracial people. Uh And so I don't want to correct someone. You feel like it's petty? Kind of. I feel like it's petting sometimes. Sometimes, depending on who it is. I mean, people have a different... Being that it's something that I've experienced and you said you've experienced before, there are people that do come to you in different manners. Sure. And so some people are like... "Eh," Like, they have like a frown on their face when Mm -hmm. they ask you these questions and it's just like no I don't want that touch (laughs) can you tell when it's coming I can kind of tell when someone's just looking at you yeah they're usually already probably a snobby person and then and then it's the frown of like why are you scratching your head Mm -hmm. or like why is your head always itching or like Mm -hmm. something and then there are people that come to you in a genuine manner but um I guess you just live and you learn and you choose I think the, the the beauty of it is you get to choose who you're going to teach if sure. you're going to teach and who you're not and what you accept and what you don't accept. But I like that. I really do. Yeah. I like that a lot. Choice. Rolling with life's punches. That's all yeah, we can how do. it ebbs and flows. Right. Yeah. I think this is a very good, very good podcast. Yeah. Time, time, time's up very yeah <laughs> very quickly I'm late, I'm late to the party but i'm here now there were a lot of You're things now she's got a lot some of nice things. kylie jenner boxer braids <laughs> and some nice little <laughs> ornaments in her hair i, I love do. it i do i love i love accessories yes it looks um, beautiful um i spent a lot of years angry mm-hmm. i really did but, but about not just not knowing yeah. things like and there were certain even certain situations i can think of not even that long ago that are like triggers for me kind of mm-hmm. but i I kind of had to let that go because yeah. I'm just, you know, I would blame my parents and get so frustrated because, you know, they're not black. Yeah. And then I, I feel, I feel still feel such a disconnect to my mm-hmm. own culture. And I have no idea what my hair, my black heritage is. I mean, me either. I really don't. I and I that. want to. I want to have that pride. I, like I said earlier, I connect to Nigerian culture, mm-hmm. but that's because I grew up in Houston. Okay. We literally have. There's a lot of Nigerians. Hundreds, like, yeah. tens of thousands of Nigerians. So it's just, like, it's easier. Right. They have the shops. They have right. the fabric stores. I could dress the part. I could... Grocery stores. Food. Yeah. Like, my friends go up to the house cooking. So I connect mm-hmm. to that. Turns out I could probably be, like, from Benin <laughs> or Angola or somewhere. You never know, but... You never know. You never know. You can, I latch, just, on. You can latch on to any of them. I mean, yeah. times are changing to where Africans, like, from Africa, mm-hmm. like... They don't ever have, I don't think they have a problem with educating black people on like, you know, because I've worn mm-hmm. Indian outfits. I love the colors. 
Mm-hmm. I've worn Indian outfits, and I've had people like Nigerians tell me like, "Baby, like that's not your culture. Like, do this." And you know, they've right. they've been very like welcoming right. to it. You know, yeah, all that. I but. appreciate that. Yeah, I um no, I grew up really angry for a long time, yeah. and. Um, if there's an advocate, I'm um, for for one thing. If I'm going to be an advocate for it, it's mm-hmm. mental health, and I my mom I that. sensed that anger in me at a young age from like 12 to 14, and there was a, also a multitude of reasons. I mean, my father was a disciplinary, and I was a wild child. Mm-hmm. And my mom always says, you know, she always chops it up and says, "You weren't a bad child; you were just yeah. angry." Yeah. And there was a lot. There was a lot of trauma that followed along with that. Trauma. Really. ugly situations with my biological father that just manifested in me from Mm -hmm. a young young age I was was kicked out of daycare oh man I was biting and pulling hair and kicking ass and taking names that is (laughs) that is one thing that I'm very passionate about it's I don't believe that white educators are taught how to deal with black children Mm -mm. at all Mm -mm. because when I was in elementary I got in trouble a lot Mm-hmm. I was in the principal's office a lot from mm-hmm. a very young age. And I was never bad. In my eyes, I was never bad. I was just misunderstood. Like, oh, no, truly, girl. I was kicking ass. Really? I was a oh, bad no, child. I was a me. bad child. The truest, the truest sense of it. Like, I, my mouth. I'm always defending people. Mm-hmm. The black woman in me always defending people um, from what I thought was mistreatment from mm-hmm. students, from teachers, from whatever. Got in trouble a lot with that. Anyone tried to, like mess with me like I was defending myself like, yeah it was more of like angry right no I was in angry. a sense I of like why angry. don't these people know how to communicate with me why is it not like when I'm with my aunties mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I definitely don't think they know how to do little black little black kids no, no 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 but I spent so I spent a lot of years really angry but then I just kind of came to a realization I can't be angry at them because black culture is not something they could ever teach me to begin with very true um, very true. You know, they did, they loved me mm-hmm. the best that they, you know, the best that any parent would love their child. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there was always going to be a cultural disconnect. Yeah. That, that is not something it. I was prepared for mm-hmm. when I did come into my culture and I started learning things about how to wrap my hair at night and about <laughs> girl cooking That's in general. Cooking in general came <laughs> along heavy in college. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm here now. I'm learning every day. I'm Period. growing every day. I'm still trying to figure out what type of, you know, I'm girl. I'm rolling out of my 20s into my 30s this yes. year. Yes, ma'am. It's a very transitional year, and so I'm doing just a lot of self-evaluation and a lot of self-reflection in general, and I'm just I'm That's just trying good. to be a better person. I think it looks beautiful on you, your journey. Thank you. Um, girl, I'm just trying to be the person <laughs> my dogs think I am. <laughs> no, literally. Same. Now my dog's giving up, actually. He doesn't even follow me around the house anymore when I come. But I'm just trying. One day, one I'm day I'm trying to get trying. like you. Um, I was gonna say something and I forgot what I was gonna say, but yeah, I guess we can wrap up the show. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, um, thank you for Sam, having me. You're very welcome. You could drop your handles if you have anything to promote. I to do. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, please. I got like 45 followers. Period. Eighty nine sass. I'm not creative. It's my birth year and my initials. S-A-S. <laughs> At 89 S-A-S. You're good. You're a good follow, I must say. You're a good follow. Quality content. It. Kim told me the same thing. Quality I was like, content. You know, I feel like I'd be tweeting it bumper matters. stickers. No, 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 no. It matters. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll see y'all next week. All right, bye. Facts.